1: Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women Podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our very special guest, Karen Can. About eighteen years ago, after leaving her post as assistant professor at UCLA. She stressed herself to burnout, developing fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. She became sensitive to everything food, toxins, electromagnetic radiation, loud sounds, and negative emotions. She became an energy sponge, developing autoimmunity and low thyroid on top of everything else. Because of her illness, she reconnected with her spirituality and became an expert in holistic healing. A few years ago, she developed the Tolpacan Healing Method, a three-step process to align with source, ask the right questions, and activate powerful healing frequencies. She calls it light medicine. And I am so excited to have you here today, Karen. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you, Angel. It's a big pleasure of mine to be here. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Well, let us talk about a little bit of your backstory. Like, how long were you suffering? Like, can you tell a little bit of the story of maybe how things showed up that you might have not paid attention to, or, you know, what might have led to some of your burnout uh, before you actually had this? kind of rite of passage into developing your own healing method?
2: Well, I think everything happens for a reason. That's my current belief. And it seems to serve me. Um, Back then, I didn't have that belief. (laughs) So I was just one of these really, really highly sensitive people who just wanted to heal the world, wanted to like save the world. I don't know what I was saving the world from. I just had ever since age five, wanted to save the world, peace, you know, it really disturbed me, there was disharmony. So I did everything I could do, bend over backwards to try to serve people. So I became a medical doctor, I worked in underserved clinics, even when I worked at UCLA, we worked for the underserved population in Santa Monica. Yes, there is an underserved population in Santa Monica. So, so these were the poor folks and, and loved that. But it was all about the other person. So, you know, I had, unfortunately, low self esteem. So I just kept pushing, pushing, Doing things for others and more and more and more until finally my body gave out and I was in the middle of a, a you know stressful divorce as well. My husband was fairly negative and slightly narcissistic. And it, it was perfect because I really needed to learn what he had, but I didn't realize that until after we divorced. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what I was supposed to learn from him, self-esteem and taking care of myself, which he was very good at. So I kind of went headlong into this horrible physical illness, depression, anxiety, was even suicidal at one point. And it didn't help probably that I was living in this one little bedroom apartment with like a lot of electronics around me and sleeping next to a transformer next to my head. Probably not smart. (laughs) So when I got sick, I really wanted to just die. I just was like, I'm trying so hard. I'm doing everything I can. And that's not enough because I had that belief that we had to be giving and giving and giving to be even worthy and so I ended up deciding one night through tears that um, I heard a voice that said you have a choice and it was very nonchalant very neutral and I argued with this inner voice I don't have a choice what do you you know of course I have to do this and they're like no you have a choice just kept insisting I had a choice so I was like okay well what would I do if I had a choice so I decided to get a divorce and that was a very important choice and that was really, really hard, but at the same time, very freeing, because I really needed to make that decision. Uh, we had ended our you know, learning together, if you will, and uh, it was difficult for my family and Chinese culture. You just don't divorce. I mean, you, just, you might want to kill each other, but you don't divorce. <laughs> and so, you know, I call it the spiritual two by four. You know, mm-hmm. our angels and our guides and our teams are like, hello, hello, give a little symptom here, a little stress here, a little synchronicity here, but if we're not there to listen and really pay attention, because I was going 200 miles an hour, so there was no time to pay attention, then they're like, okay, get the two by four. She ain't <laughs> listening, you know? And so that sickness was the two by four. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me at that time mm-hmm. because it made me stop. Yeah. Yeah. And question everything. And getting yeah. out of that was a beautiful journey.
1: Yeah, well, I like to say that there's the whisper, there's the knock, there's the two mm-hmm. by four, and then if yep. you're really intransigent, they send the Mack truck. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm gonna add that to my list when I yeah, talk. some people exactly. make it, you know, through the two by four and still aren't listening, right? Wow. And, yep. and so then they have to send the Mack truck. Well, so what I am hearing in there is a few things that I'd like to unpack. First of all, the whole idea of you having to give all the time, which you are saying, you started to have that idea when you were five. Yeah. Um And you also mentioned that, you know, from your culture, people don't divorce. So I want to unpack uh, both of those pieces. One is, do you have a sense of whether it was cultural conditioning, whether it was religious conditioning, whether it was societal conditioning, whether it was gender conditioning that led you to believe that you had to save everybody and help everybody at your expense. So let's start with that one.
2: Well, I think that there's a natural uh, wanting to help, especially those of us that were born highly sensitive. My mom was born highly sensitive. My grandmother, I was. So there's a natural, and I see this in the tribe of people that I help, my clients, my my students, is they're all They just all love to help. They can't help it. However, the dysfunction comes when we help at the expense. And I think that that is both cultural and religious to some degree. I like to say that I'm a recovering Catholic, whereby, you know, sacrifice was a big deal. You know, it was all about sacrifice yourself and and, uh, otherwise you're selfish. And it used to be a trigger word for me. Anytime my family wanted to manipulate me all they had to say was you're being selfish (laughs) and then I would do whatever they wanted you know and I didn't understand at the time about self-care self-love and that I really can't give from an empty cup I had to give from a full cup so between that and the religiosity of you know what I grew up with and the culture is pretty much you know mind your elders Mm -hmm. you know listen to your elders Uh, be respectful of your elders they know best they have more experience and to this day, you know, it's very interesting because, um, my parents rebelled against their own parents. So they don't like it when I bring that up, <laughs> <laughs> when they get a little upset with me for not telling, you know, not, not following their suggestions, let's just say. <laughs> and I, you know, as a medical doctor, it's amazing. Like I, some people feel really bad that their husbands, wives, family members, friends aren't listening to them. You know, they have all this holistic health knowledge and they've gone through all this stuff and they're not listening. I said, I'm an MD and they don't listen. So Mm. don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's not you.
1: (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, so the other thing that I want to unpack there is this process that you went through in making the decision to get divorced when you were already ill. So, I mean, a lot of times we make the decision to get divorced when we're feeling the illness in terms of psychologically, but you were already ill. So that's kind of a an even more frightening place to make a decision to disrupt and dismantle a marriage, especially if culturally there's a lot of reinforcement to stay in the marriage. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about that piece as well. And like, where did you find the courage to be able to say, you know, I don't care if I'm sick and I don't have the support system that, you know, the marital state supposedly provides, I'm going.
2: Yeah, that that was really, really difficult. And I definitely empathize with a lot of men and women, especially women, because I do see this pattern a lot. I, you know, 95% of people that I work with are women. So I see this pattern a lot where they are big givers and empaths, you know, a label uh, m- meaning that people are highly sensitive and they tend to feel and absorb the emotions of others. As an empath, we tend to attract narcissists <laughs> to some degree. And, and so they're really good about taking care of themselves. That's the lesson I was supposed to learn that I didn't know. So when I was really, really sick, once I made the commitment decision to live instead of killing myself and us doctors know sneaky ways of doing it. So the husband still gets the insurance. You know, I mean, the literally that was going through my mind, but when I did commit to, okay, so if I had a choice and I'm going to get better, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get better. And at that point I kind of reconnected to my spiritual side and realizing, wow, some of this was really, uh, kind of tricky, you know, cause we think about, you know, spirituality and people are like oh and meditation. And sometimes we stay in a really safe space, but when we need to take divine action, sometimes that action is not popular. And so that's what I had to do is go, well, I did say I was going to take responsibility and do whatever it takes. So then I made that action and yeah, it was difficult, but there was so much freedom Afterwards, and it was really a core piece uh, of my healing. I don't think that I could have healed to this degree and as quickly anyway if I had tried to stay in the marriage. Because I did try. It's not that I didn't try for many, many years, going to counseling and you know all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I was just fooling myself. Um, it wasn't a match anymore. It's funny because we we have actually a decent relationship now. At the time, he was very angry, but now he's got three beautiful children with his other, you know. Um, well, I think they're separated now, but <laughs> with his other partner, and she's like, you know, ten years younger than me. You know. <laughs> anyway, it's like these three beautiful children would not have been here if if I hadn't divorced them. So, and they're they're beautiful and wonderful. So, you know, I had to just be courageous in, in trust, uh, and that connect, reconnection with spirit was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, because I really felt alone until that part where I just reconnected with spirit and felt like someone had my back. Mm-hmm. wasn't my parents necessarily. It wasn't my husband at the time, you know, and that made the difference. But at the, you know, they call it the dark night of the soul. It's never pleasant in that space. But now I can say, woohoo, it was awesome. <laughs>
1: Yes, she is harvesting the gifts out of the crop pile. That's what we call harvesting the gifts out of the crop pile. All right, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, we are going to talk about, you know, how you did that reconnection to spirit. And we're going to talk a little bit more about your healing method and how you help others to do the same. So, but right now we are going to take a short break. Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you are enjoying the show, want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. And we want to thank the folks who are uh, sending in some fun funds. We've had a few uh, donations in the last month or so. So thank you so much for that. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Please help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are now welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. Found out that we are in the top 1% now of all podcasts across all categories, all over the world. And there are now 2.74 million podcasts. So that's a pretty good distinction. We'll take it. And we want to give a shout out today to our listeners in, well, we might as well shout out to our listeners in China. Yep, there's China. And we might as well shout out to our listeners in Ireland to give a little nod to my ancestry and uh, UK to give a nod to the other side of my ancestry. And we will be right back
0: with Karen The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman, creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition. Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com.
1: And we are back with Karen Can. You can find out more about Karen, the Tolpican healing method, and how she helps people at her website, KarenCan.com. We will have that for you in the show notes. So Karen, before we went to the break, you were talking about reconnecting to spirit. And it looks like that's one of the steps in your Tolpican healing method process. I'd love to have you, before we get into that step, help me understand what Tolpican stands for. Oh boy. I don't know if we have enough time for that one, but
2: (laughs) well, you know, I was using uh, varying different healing methodologies and loving, I'm a consummate learner. So I'm constantly learning and learned emotion code, the body code, Dr. Bradley Nelson, absolutely love him. And it was getting, you know, really great results, learned to muscle test really, really quickly get great answers. I started after the certification, I started exploring uh, different ways of asking questions and realizing, wow, you know, instead of saying, is your liver happy? Yes, no, you can actually ask how happy your liver is, you know, and you can be a little bit more specific. And being a medical doctor and having this biochemistry uh, brain, because I'm also have a degree in biochemistry, I was just really inquisitive. So I just kept asking deeper and deeper questions. And at some point, I realized that whatever the answers were in the emotion code and body code didn't quite cover some of the weirder things that I was experiencing with myself and my patients at the time and clients and started exploring other answers. So these answers would just kind of pop up into my head, and I would test to see if that was true. And some of these answers were very, very strange. Uh, But I thought, well, I'll go with it. So I started getting even better results, like just amazing transformations in the people that I was working with. And one day I was, you know, my husband and I were driving somewhere long distance, and I just decided to have a little chat with my angels, right? And I got the sense that they wanted me to actually put this out as a healing modality and immediately I felt resistance like no 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 because there's so many different wonderful healing modalities out there. I wouldn't have any at that time no clue of like how to do that exactly. Like how does that work? So I argued with my angels <laughs> and and said no I I I definitely don't want to do this. And uh then you know they insisted and I'm like that's uh, so I said why why you know And there were twofold answer. Number one was that, well, not everybody resonates with every person. So maybe they'll resonate with you and your teachings and your wisdom more and make a difference in their lives. And I'm like, okay, I kind of get that. And the other reason was it's part of your soul expression. Mm. So part of the reason I'm here is not just to do my mission, which I was very mission driven ever since I was five, right? (laughs) But uh, it's really to express the soul aspect of source in this lifetime. And that got me. I'm like, okay. Okay. So even if I help just five people, it's a lot more than that now, but mm-hmm. even if I just help five people as part of my soul expression, I'll do it. So then the next thing I immediately said to my angels was like, I'm not calling it with my name. And they said, yes, you are. I said, <laughs> no, I'm not. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then, I you realized, know, when you
1: argue with the angels that they generally <laughs> usually pretty much always win. Otherwise, you get the uh. cosmic two by four or the Mac drop. You know that, right, <laughs> Karen? Yes, we do know. This. Well, it was they had, they
2: had to convince me. And, and so they did. You know, basically they said, well, you don't have to, but we would really like you to have your name in the name of the methodology. And the reason is because you have a problem with it and you need to get over it. Because mm-hmm. I did have a judgment of my usually male friends. Uh, and colleagues that named their healing modality after themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's a lot of, you know, medical history about people naming things after themselves. And I just thought it was very patriarchal and egotistical and all that kind of stuff. So because I had the judgment, I needed to heal the judgment and I got the lesson. I said, okay, fine. (laughs) But I said, well, I'm not going to call it the can method. Uh, There's something missing. And so the tulpa is a word that popped into my head when I asked them, like, has this ever been around? And the answer was yes, in some form. And I got really interested. I'm like, when? (laughs) Well, apparently in Lemuria, way back when, I was a healer in Lemuria. And that was a big shock to me. I had no idea. I'd know nothing about Lemuria or Atlantis. And um, I was supposed to complete a mission, which I did not complete, but have since done in this lifetime, which is part of the Topikan Healing Method. And part of it is trying to describe how it works in uh, tolpa in some other traditions sometimes it can be a negative connotation but tolpa means like being able to create out of your imagination and that made really made sense because that's why we can do weather magic you know i teach people in my book sensitivities or superpower how to use their superpowers to create the weather they want things like that so i thought well i'll just make a spelling change and make it tulpa instead of tulpa because in the supernatural world, Tulpa, they can also make monsters. <laughs> We're not making monsters. So I wanted to make that differentiation, but also use the same you know, idea of that. And the actual language is not even human. It's actually alien. So uh, the name of the healing modality, if you would call it a healing modality, uh, is actually a crop circle, which you know, I had a hard time. I did find it, but it was, it was not a great
1: symbol is what the, how it's really expressed. Yes, exactly. I get it. I totally get it. (laughs) Maybe some of our listeners are not going to get it, but I'm sure that there are plenty of our listeners that are going to get it. So (laughs) yeah, it's really fascinating that you argued. I actually, at one point in my journey, I was doing a lot of deep medicine work with the people that I was serving. And I've, I've served people all over the world in a variety of different ways. And one day i was in it in a session with somebody and all of a sudden i was so deep into this this session with somebody and i i hear this is a certain type of feeling and i was like excuse me i'm busy here you know like can can you like push that off to the side for a little bit because i'm like right in the middle of doing whatever you're telling me this is and so i I know the whole arguing with the angels journey. <laughs> Let me be clear.
2: <laughs> I, have to, I don't think I remember arguing with them since. So normally I get the yeah. message pretty quick now.
1: <laughs> well, and you know, one of the things that I, I've been clear about in my own journey is that it, there's only now, Karen, right? Mm-hmm. There's only now and we do have choice. So that's the piece that I wanted to go back yeah. from before the break with you on is, In your process where you got reconnected to spirit and you asked yourself, what would I do if I had a choice? Could you give our listeners some kind of either tip or, you know, activity that you engaged in? Maybe in addition to that, what would I do if I had a choice question to help you reconnect with your source and maybe to help them reconnect with theirs?
2: Well, certainly back then it was off and on. It certainly wasn't like all of a sudden, i you know, it's not like Byron Katie, where you just wake up the next morning and suddenly you're no longer an alcoholic and you're connected to source 24-7. It's not like that, <laughs> not at least for me and most people. So I struggled with that a lot and continued to change and evolve and learn better ways. But now we've actually evolved a methodology as part of not just the Topican Healing Method, but it's actually in chapter four in my sensitivities or superpower book called Stone. So this is a faster, much, much faster way than I ever did back then, because it was off and on, but now it's consistent. So this methodology is really quite simple. You can actually teach it to a three-year-old if you wanted to, is being able to feel energy or movement inside the body. So we call it stillness through observing internal movement. I've never been good at sitting meditation. I'm not that personality. I like moving around. um, And yet my mind would just go, you know, just busy, busy, busy. You know, I learned that there is a way in which if you just pay attention to the body and just notice movement or energy flowing, that you would get your mind so busy (laughs) doing that, that you go into what I call stillness, or some people call connected to source, creator, inner wisdom, Mm -hmm. zero point field, and so on. And in that space, what's really interesting is not only can you create from that space, which is very powerful, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how we do weather magic and other things, but you can actually listen as well or ask a question and just wait for an answer to pop up. And it might pop up in um, an image or if you're a audience, maybe you are, you know, as a word or, you know, a, a feeling. You know, I'm a very sentient meaning a lot of feeling in the body so sometimes it comes through feeling or emotion for me and sometimes it's you know clairvoyance so it's just very subtle so as long as people can get into that space and everyone has that ability bar none mm-hmm. then these things just kind of pop up and here's the cool part is the stillness through observing internal movement why i love it so much is that you can do it for one to three seconds at a time a minute at a time three at a time you know, three minutes at a time. You don't have to sit there for 40, 30, 60, whatever minutes in a row and meditate. You can meditate on the fly. So we call it stillness on the fly.
1: Mm. And
2: I've just found that my world has massively changed. Like things are easier. Synchronicities come, I'm luckier, you know, money just kind of shows up and we're like, Whoa, how'd that happen? You know? (laughs) And and I, the funniest story, I think you'll enjoy this angel is like, I, I might say, you know what, I need a coupon for underwear. (laughs) <laughs> you know? And then I'll just say the universe, I'll go into the stillness space. And I said, Oh, I see a coupon for underwear. Thank you so much. Right. And it just be like two seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. And sure enough within that week coupon 20% off organic cotton undies, whatever, you know, I'm like, thank you so much. Right. <laughs> so now it's just like life. It's just normal. It's not like a
1: big, you know, woo, you know, yeah. not that it's not
2: special. It's just normal now. And that's what I'd love for everyone to experience. And it's not hard at all. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. I love it. Well, one of the things I do know is that I've learned that women actually require movement in order to get into a meditative space more so than men. So that Mm. sitting, sitting meditation is not always optimal for women. And it sounds like this practice stillness on the fly is perfect in particular for women. So, all right. Well, Karen, we have only a minute left. So if there was one more thing that you would love our listeners to know about your body of work or your journey, now is the time to deliver that wisdom. Okay. Fantastic.
2: Well, you know, I love giving as you know, uh, since childhood. So I love to give away gifts and things like that. And uh, on my website, karencan.com, we mentioned before, uh, there is a gift at the bottom of the page, which is the sensitive soul empowerment guide for people who are highly sensitive to help them get out of that feeling that they're alone and they're troublesome, you know, having troublesome symptoms. And then for the book, we actually have a thousand dollars worth of gifts. Um, so if somebody buys a book, either on my website or on Amazon or wherever else, you just have to put the order in and uh, we'll gift you like MP3 and MP4s, some are meditation healing, some are classes, different things like that. And then you'll be on my mailing list. And we do a free mini healing every single month, the first Tuesday of the month, where I go live on Zoom and people you know, tell me what their issues are. And we demonstrate the Topican healing methods so you can
1: see how it works. Fantastic. Well, ladies, get yourself over to karencan.com and get a hold of all of the goodies that she's got over there for you. I'm super glad that you were able to come and spend time with me today, Karen. It's fascinating. Uh, you and an interview, I just like two interviews in a row, biochemists. And I actually studied, bio, like I was going to be a biochemist and then it things funny. happened that took me in a different direction. So that's really funny. Three biochemists, Uh, kind of things going in a row here. I don't know. Maybe I need to go back to college and become a biochemist. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Um, Whatever the angels are going to say, we're just going to listen and we're not going to take it to the two by four level all right beautiful people listeners we do love feedback please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line we'll have that for you in the show notes or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com we might even give you a shout out on the show thanks for tuning in keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman
0: to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.